Let's look at Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, a little review. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? He says, it's open to anyone if anyone would come after me. He must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. He says to count the cost and and he gave everything to you and me and he wants us to give everything to him. Deny ourselves, take up our cross daily and follow him. Give our lives completely to him. Lose our lives for him. And I love that where it says, Whoever loses his life for me will find it. I love that. That's where we're going to find true life. It's not when we're trying to, you know, find ourselves, you know. I'm, a, I'm on this search. I'm going to find myself. You know what? I've tried that. That is ugly. Because what you find when you start digging deep, and I'm not talking about the money thing, Norman, but... Digging deep inside, I'm going to find myself. And you dig deep in there, and, and what do you find? Ugh, it's ugly. But when we lose ourselves for Him, we find true life. We find life. Life abundantly. Jesus said in John 12, the man who, who loves his life will lose it while the man who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. But what he says there, what what good it will be for a man if he gains the whole world, yet forfeits his soul, what can a man give in exchange for his soul? You can get everything, it's not going to do it. You can give everything, it's not going to do it. There's only one way, it's through Jesus Christ. Isn't that true? There's only one way to find life. Verse 27, where we left off. For the Son of Man is going to come in His Father's glory with His angels, and then He will reward each person according to what He has done. I tell you the truth, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in His kingdom. Two things I want to talk about this morning. One is the the return of Jesus Christ. We're going to get to that in a lot more detail in Matthew uh, later on, Matthew uh, chapters 24, 25 in that area. But he, he's already talking about it. We, we see that in chapter 20, or verse 21 in this chapter, he talks about the cross. He talks about the resurrection. He said that these things must happen, but now he's also talking about the return, that, that he's going to come back, that he's going to come back for you and for me. He's going to come back to the earth. And there is so much scripture about this. There's so much uh, that, that uh, we're going to look at a few passages about this, but there's so much. But, but I love what uh, Titus, uh, Paul says uh, in his letter to Titus. Let's turn there. Ch- uh, Titus chapter 2, and it's right after First and Second Timothy. First Timothy, Second Timothy, and Titus chapter 2, one of the... Uh, Younger men that Paul was uh, raising up. He talks about it as the blessed hope. The return of Jesus. 
the return of Jesus. He says, Jesus said, the Son of Man is going to come in His Father's glory with His angels. Look at verse 11 there. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age And look at verse 13, while we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. Well, there's a lot in those uh, three verses, uh, four verses, aren't there? Isn't there? But in the middle of it, you know, he says, while we wait for the blessed hope. Number one, there's a blessed hope and it's coming. It's, it, it's full of hope and that our Savior Jesus is coming back. Our Savior Jesus is coming back. But, but couched in all, uh, you know, in the middle of, 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 of this whole section, it kind of ties in with what Jesus was saying back in Matthew, is that we're waiting for His return. But how should we live until, we, until He returns? How should we live while we're waiting? Those, those two things kind of go together. It's, it's great to get all excited that Jesus is coming back. And in 1 Thessalonians it says, you know, encourage one another with these words that, you know, the Lord Himself will come down from heaven, a loud shout, the voice of the archangel, the trumpet call of God. You know, dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in, in the air and be with the Lord forever. And he says, therefore, encourage each other with these words. It's very encouraging to know that, that it's not over. It's not over. It's not just going to stay like this forever. We have a blessed hope that Jesus Christ is going to return. It may not be, it may not be, well, you know, during our lifetimes, we don't know. I, 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 I hope it is, I pray that it is, I, I would love to, to you know, be part of, of the return of Jesus. And, you know, we'll talk more about, you know, the rapture and, and, and those kinds of things. But when you think about it, when, when Jesus returns... There are some things that get set in motion as well. If, if we're going to be with Him forever, be with the Lord forever, we're also going to face this kind of a reckoning time, right? Well, what have you done? How have you lived? Are we ready for His return? Again, I, you know, we can get very, very excited about His return, but, but that should also affect how we live today and what we're thinking about because we're going to stand before Him. We'll get to that that second part in a minute. But let's talk about when, he, when he's going to return. Let's turn to 2 Peter. Turn ahead a little bit more. 2 Peter chapter 3, <clears throat> starting at verse 3. He says, First of all, you must understand it in, that in the last days scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming that He promised? Where is this coming? Ever since our fathers died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. But they deliberately forget that long ago by God's word, the heavens existed, the earth was formed out of water and by water, 
the creation. And by these waters also the world of that time was deluged and destroyed, the great flood. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. See, He's being patient with us. He's being patient with the earth. Why? Because He he wants you and I to come to Him. He doesn't want us to perish. You you, you find other verses about this, that, that God does not want us to perish. But when he does return, again, as, as, as these things take place, we will stand before him. There's another verse I want to read to you from, uh, from uh, 2 Samuel. He says, like water spilled on the ground, which cannot be recovered, so we must die. But God does not take away life. Instead, he devises ways so that a banished person may not res- remain estranged from him. 2 Samuel 14, 14. God desires for us to come to Him. God desires for us not to perish. He talks about it in Ezekiel. He says, you know, do do I desire that you would perish? No. But rather that you would turn and turn to me. And He he has come up and, and He has given us this avenue through His Son, Jesus Christ, that we would not perish, but we would have everlasting life. But look at that verse 10. It says, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief. How many of you remember those movies, The Thief in the Night? <laughs> Classics, right? The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Radical things will take place. And again, we love to, to, to think about that. And, and, you know, the movies that are made and all these exciting things. But are we ready for it? Are we ready today? If he was going to come today like a thief, thieves don't uh, you know, uh, give you warning, well, I'm going to break into your house tomorrow, so make sure that you're there. No, they come when you least expect it. Look at verse 11. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire. The elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with His promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise. He will return. He's made a promise and He will keep it. He will keep it. But are you and I ready? He's he's being patient with us. He's being patient with you and with me. Are we ready for His return? We want it, I want it, but am I ready for it? Let's turn back to Matthew, because look what he said there. In the very same verse, he says, The Son of Man is going to come in His Father's glory with His angels, and then He will reward each person according to what He has done. He will reward each person according to what He has done. There's a, a reckoning a standing before Him. 
No escaping. It's, it's going to happen to every single man, woman, and child. You and I are going to stand before him. And, and, and there's two really things that we need to think about in relation to standing before him. Number one is what? Jesus, basically. Number one is Jesus. What have we done with his son? Have we believed in him? Are our names written in the book of life? And this is through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, as we pray and receive Him. Have we done that? Because if we have not done that, it doesn't matter what we do in this life. Right? It doesn't matter what we do, how we live. It's, it, you know, we, we have got a, an eternal separation, eternal destruction that we have to look forward to. If we have not come to Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, it doesn't matter. Have you made that decision to believe and receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you haven't done that, you need to do that. That's the, the number one thing. When you stand before God, when I stand before God, the first thing he, he wants to know, the first thing that He already knows is what have we done with His Son? No going further past that question. You say, well, I thought about Him a little bit. I even went to church. I went to church at Green Meadow, you know, and they, you know, they taught the Bible there, I think. You know, I, 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 I gave a lot of money. You know, I, I, I even helped paint. And, and the father would say, well, what have you done with my son? I sent you my son because I love you and I sent you my son Jesus to die on the cross to pay for you, for your sins. Have you, have you received him? That's, that's, that's what's the most important thing in this life that you and I can, the most important decision that you can ever, ever make. It says in the book of Hebrews, these words, you've heard them before, but I'm going to say them again. In chapter 9, it says, It's appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. It's only, only we have this one chance. Yeah, we might have this time where like this guy at the car parts store, you know, he, he, he was allowed to return. He, you know, he is at that point. But ultimately, we have one, one time we're going to die and, and then we, we will face him. But he goes on to say, he doesn't just stop there. He's, he goes on to say, the writer of the Hebrew says, So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. It's appointed unto men once to die after that the judgment, but Jesus was the answer that he came and he bore our sin. If we would only believe and trust in him, if we would only look to him, and then, and then, you know, we can, we can look for him to return as well, because we know we've answered that number one question. That's what's going to make the difference with the people that are around you, your family, your friends, the people you meet in these stores. Again, we're looking for those opportunities. Number one, the question number two doesn't, doesn't really matter if we haven't settled the question number one, right? Number one. One is one. But moving on to number two, and the question that I've already been mentioning and, and talking about is what have we done with our lives? What are we doing with our lives? How are we living our lives? And, and, and that we will stand before Him. 
One man said this, a person is saved by what Jesus did for him, but he is rewarded for what he does, what he does for Jesus. Okay, I want to make something clear. We are saved by grace through faith, right? We receive our salvation by grace through faith, right? Through believing and trusting in Him. It's not by any works that we do. But does that mean that what we do doesn't matter? No, He says you're saved completely and totally by what Jesus Christ did, but but your lives and how you live, if you are born again and you're, you're a child of God, how you live, you will be rewarded according to how you live. And we will stand before Him and answer to Him and and speak about how we lived in this life, in this world. What we've done with what He's given to us. Are there going to be rewards in heaven? The Bible says, yes, there will be. Do I? Can I tell you exactly what those rewards are going to be? You know, I'm going to get the mansion with the skylights. You know, the, the big jacuzzi tub, and, you know, I'm going to get the really, really nice pad, and you're going to be over there in a the little shack. First of all, I, I truly believe it. I truly believe that just getting there is going to, it, it, it is going to, you know, it, it, we're not going to be looking at each other the way we look at each other in this world. But just getting there is going to be important. But, but if we can, if we can live our lives for Him and find true life now and, and make our lives count and matter. Isn't that something worth thinking about? Jeremiah, um, the Lord says in Jeremiah, I the Lord, listen to this, I the Lord search the heart and examine the mind to reward a man according to his conduct, according to what his deeds deserve. I found that interesting. He says, I'm searching the heart and the mind to reward you for what you've done. In other words, it's not just what we do, but it's kind of like why we do them, what we're thinking about when we do them. Are we offering them up to Him, or are we just kind of like, well, this is going to get me a really good reward. I'm going to do this one now, and I'm going to, you know, my, you know, the crowns I'm going to get up there, dude. You know. It does matter what we do and how we live, and, but, but it matters also why we're doing them and what kind of a motive we have in our hearts. I want you to turn with me First Corinthians, uh, First Corinthians chapter 3. <clears throat> First Corinthians chapter 3. That's right after Acts, Romans, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, First Corinthians. I say that enough times, you're going to know right where to go in these in these Bibles that you have. It's a good idea to memorize, you know, the books of the Bible. And then I find I got to keep repeating it to myself in my head to keep keep fresh. I know where I'm turning, you know. But if you don't, you know what? Let me explain to you. In the front of these books, uh, we have what we call an index, and it's okay to use an index. You know, instead of like flipping through and then never finding it, just open the index and say, oh yeah, page, whatever. But I digress. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse um, 10. And Paul's talking about his own life and what God had called him to do. And 
and how he had given his life to do what God called him to do. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as an expert builder, and someone else is building on it, but each one should be careful how he builds. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is what? Jesus Christ. That's number one. Again, that's the foundation we'll be built on. If we don't have a foundation, if we don't have Jesus, it doesn't matter what you build because it's going to blow away, it's going to be gone, it's not going to stand. Jesus, number one. But then verse 12, he says, if any, if any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed that day, the day we stand before him, a day of judgment. It will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each man's work if what he has built survives he will receive his reward if it is burned up he will suffer loss he himself will be saved but only as one escaping through the flames now do you do you understand what he's saying there you got this foundation jesus christ and we can build on it and depends on what we use are we using good materials to build on it that's our lives how we live our lives are we are we are we serving him he says, you know, you may get there and, it, and it's all just straw and it'll all be burned up, but you're still going to get in because we're not saved by our works. We're saved by grace through faith. And so we're going to get in because of what Jesus did. But if, if what we're doing and how we live our lives are just nothing, well, it's all going to just burn up and blow away. We're going to get in. And we have what I, I, I hear people kind of jokingly call Fire insurance, right? I got the fire insurance. I'm gonna, uh, you know, I'm gonna get in. But man, we miss out if that's all we got. Not to, not to, not to say, you know, to make that any smaller. Just because, because, like I said earlier, just to get in is going to be absolutely phenomenally incredible to get into heaven because of what Jesus did, right? Let's not make that any smaller. And, and, and our works to, compared to that, is there, you can't compare them anyways. It's impossible. But Paul says here, you know, I, I, I want to I build something good, and, and we need to build something good upon that and not just have fire insurance. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians. That comes right after 1 Corinthians. Sorry. Sorry. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. For we, for we well, let's, let's look in verse 9. So we make it our goal to please Him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due Him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. We're all going to appear for the judgment seat of Christ. What are we building with? What are we using? Gold, the precious things of our lives, our precious, the, the, the things of our very hearts. Or are we just like, yeah, I'll throw, a, you know, I'll throw this out, I'll do this, I'll do that, or whatever. And, and then it, it's, it's all gone when we stand at that judgment seat of Christ. 
I, I quoted to you about Moses. And, uh, you know, Moses, it says that, I'll read the verses again out of, of Hebrews 11. It says, He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. He was looking ahead. He said, this, it's worth it. You know, gave up you know, what he had that he might live with the people of God and, and, uh, and not the, the, the pleasures of sin. In Genesis, Genesis 15, we'll close here in just a couple minutes. But in Genesis chapter 15, it says the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. He says, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. That's incredible. You know, we talked about what shape, what kind of things that our reward is going to be. He told Abram, he says, I am your very great reward. That's incredible that we, we would have more of him. It says in Isaiah, we don't have time to turn to these verses, but um, Isaiah says that he said to me, you are my servant Israel in whom I will display my splendor. But I said, I have labored to no purpose. I have spent my strength in vain and for nothing. Yet what is due me is in the Lord's hand and my reward is with my God. Sometimes we feel that way. You know, I, I've done all this stuff and nothing's come out of it. Well, God knows what you've done. He knows what I've done. He knows our hearts and why we've done it. We may not see the fruit and, and what's going to come out of it here. But he says, what's due me is in the Lord's hand. and My reward is with him, with my God. John, the apostle, says, dear children, continue in him so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. But let's turn to the end of the book and we will close with these verses. Revelation 22, the end of the book, speaking about these two things that we have looked at today. Verse 7, Behold, I am coming soon. Blessed he who keeps the, the words of the prophecy in this book. Verse 12, Behold, what? I am coming soon. And my reward is with me, and I will give to everyone according to what he has done. Again, the return. And then finally, in verse 20, he who testifies to these things says, Yes, I am coming soon. Amen, Lord Jesus. Amen, come, Lord Jesus. I'm coming soon. He's coming back, and, and, and it's an exciting thing. But we're going to stand before him, and are we ready for him? Are we living for him? Are we living for ourselves? Are we trying to save our lives, or are we, are we, are we giving them up for him? I read about um, the explosion of Mount Vesuvius. Have you, heard, you, you know what that is? It's like a uh, volcano kind of eruption, explosion, uh, back in uh, A.D. 79. And it wiped out, you know, these cities, Pompeii and another city. And it says that it was so sudden that the residents were killed while, the, while in their routine. Men and women were at the market. 
the rich in their luxurious baths, slaves at toil, and they died amid volcanic ash and superheated gases. Even family pets suffered the same quick and final fate. And of course, what do you expect? It says, it takes little imagination to picture the panic of that terrible day. But this is the part that caught my attention. He says, the saddest part is that these people did not have to die. Scientists confirm what ancient Roman writers record. Weeks of rumblings and shakings preceded the actual explosion. It wasn't as sudden as they made it sound. Even an ominous plume of smoke was clearly visible from the mountain days before the eruption, if only they had been able to read and respond to Vesuvius' warning. He says there are similar rumblings in our world, warfare, earthquakes, nuclear threat, economic woes, breakdown of the family, moral standards. And while not exactly new, these things do point to a day, a coming day of judgment. People need not be caught unprepared. God warns and provides an escape to those who will heed the rumblings. God has warned us. We've read about it today. We can't now stand before him and say, well, I didn't know. I didn't know. I remember, you know, talking to my kids, why did you do, why did you do that? I didn't know. And, and uh, sometimes they didn't. But sometimes they did. Because I told them. I said, don't do that because you're going to get in trouble if you do that. And they said, I didn't know. Yes, you did know. And oh, that's the disappointing thing. Sorry. We can't stand before them and say, I, I didn't know. You, you never told me. You were here today. Those of you that are here today and hear these words, you're, you're now accountable. I hate to say this, but you're accountable for what you've heard from God's word. Not from me, but from the word of God as we've read. And you and I will stand before him. I hope and I pray that you are ready to stand before him. Yes, we speed his coming by looking for his coming. And, and we, we want him to come, but, but we need to live for him today. While I'm waiting, there's a guy who wrote a song that says, says these words, I'm waiting, I'm waiting on you, Lord, and I'm hopeful. I'm waiting on you, though it is painful, but patiently I will wait. I will move ahead, bold and confident, taking every step in obedience. While I'm waiting, I will serve you. While I'm waiting, I will worship. While I'm waiting, I will not faint. I'll be running the race even while I wait to worship him, to serve him. Don't give up while we're waiting for his return. Let's pray together, shall we? <clears throat> Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and, uh, and uh, the challenges that it presents to us. We love to talk about your return, but we also need to know that we'll stand before you. And those two things, one, do we know your son, and two, are we living for you? Do, will we have anything to offer Will we have anything to give to you? I know that touches each and every one of us in one way or another. Some here this morning, Lord, you know every, every heart. You know those that have not crossed over that threshold to believe in you and become born again and become uh, children of yours. You know each heart here this morning. If that's you this morning, I want to give you that opportunity as I, as I feel so uh, is so important that we have these opportunities that you would simply Respond to Jesus Christ and receive him as your Lord and your Savior today. If that's you this morning, pray with me right now.
and simply say, Lord Jesus, I surrender to you. I give you place in my heart, in my life. I receive you today. I want to be ready. I want eternal life. I need you. I need the cross and the resurrection of Jesus. Maybe some of you, that's, that's this morning. This is your prayer. If that's you this morning, I want you just to look up to me right now. If that's you and you want to pray that, you prayed those words with me, look up to me and, and uh, I want to encourage you. Father God, we also come before you in our, <clears throat> our lives that we know we're going to stand before you. And maybe we just haven't been living the way we should live. And we need to turn and, and uh, get it right. And so we come and say, God, please forgive us. We come and say, we, we, we make that choice to live for you today. To follow you. As we prepare for that day. That glorious day, but also a day where we'll stand before you. Prepare us, Lord, in Jesus' name.